everybody, this week we're going to be talking about all the moods you have to deal with when you're a dad. And then, cell phones turning our brains into mush. And we're going to talk about books that we recommend that you should read over the holiday season. All of that and more coming up on Minivan Men, starting now. Hey everybody, welcome to Minivan Men Christmas Edition. Christmas Edition. Maz Jobrani here in Los Angeles. Aaron Arianpour there in Dallas. Yo. Al Madrigal, where? Somewhere. Not sure. Um, but he's a busy man. Uh, two shows. He's actually doing his, uh, I think they're filming his TV show now. And he's on The Daily Show. So uh, anyway, we'll get him back. And um, how you doing, man? I'm beat up. I'm tired. Uh, just no, I'm just under the, the the stress of the holidays, I guess. Um, but no, um, I get home yesterday, and the baby will not stop screaming, just oh, no. won't stop. And then uh, finally, finally, we put him. I was like, "All right, well, if you don't want to eat, you don't want to, you don't want to cuddle, you don't want to play, we're gonna have to put you to bed." And you put him out on the porch, exactly. <laughs> I took him to a manger scene down the road. You stay out here till you learn to stop screaming, right. one year old. Right. What is he? One and a half. Now, yeah, now? he's he? he's twenty months, so he's almost. Yeah. yeah. And uh, no, it's just it's it's heartbreaking. It's also very very uh, frustrating because you don't you don't know what to do. He's starting to talk, but he can't really. Yeah, you know, he can't express why it's, he's so it, discomforted. It's all the it's also the pitch of the scream. Like if parents are listening to this, they know what I'm talking about. Kids know how to get that scream to a certain pitch that is kind of like like a cat, you know. It's it it gets under your skin, right. and they're the cute. They're these cute little creatures that just know how, the exact decibel to get to where your head almost pops off. So you're dealing with someone who you're like, I have to be sympathetic. This kid's going through serious stuff, but at the same time you're going, shut up. Right. Shut up, you little brush. Shut up. <laughs> That's inside your head, but outside you're going. Okay, what is it? Okay, What's buddy. Wrong? Okay, what, all done. Okay, We're all done. We're all done. What's going on? Okay, yeah. look. Look at this. Oh, look, look, sparkles. Yeah. Sparkles. Look, tree, Christmas tree lights. Look. Oh, if he's <clears throat> if he's not comforted by bubbles, then game over. You know, there's nothing. Game over um <laughs> but then we put him to bed and then all of a sudden he decided that's the other thing about kids is that they can turn their moods on a dime mm -hmm. and so you know after like an hour of just like what was going on and just putting him down then you know he starts making noise and nicole takes some food up to him maybe he's hungry and then all of a sudden he's in the best mood ever he comes downstairs and he's the life uh. of the party and you're like all right well where was this guy an hour uh. ago um but uh, no, I had a rough night to where I woke up middle of the night, did not get back to bed until right around 5.15. Oh. Um, my wife's got all the covers. She's all bunched up, all cozy. And mm -hmm. I get kicked out of the bed for whatever reason. She just, she, mm -hmm. she's, you don't need to be here. Like, oh, okay. Preach on, preacher, preach on. So I go watch some SVU in the other room. Ugh. At five in the morning. At five in no, the, oh, it's on all the time. So I watched it at two, three, four, oh, okay. right, and then I fall asleep oh, right. about five fifteen. At five forty-five, she finds me and she goes, "Baby screaming." Oh come on! I was like, "What?" Is she upset at you about something? I don't know. I don't know. That sounds like it. <laughs> no, it was just last night was really rough for everybody. You oh. know what I mean? And so I know she, now he's and he's sick. 
And so she stayed home. She took him to the doctor. You know, we mm. thought it was going to be ear infections, going to be strep. So he's tested no ears, no strep, just a sore throat. Oh. And so I'm relieved, you know, but I don't wish this on my kids. I don't wish it on anybody. I know for me personally that if I'm if I'm going through something, if I if I've got pain, if I've got whatever and I go to the doctor, like I've had to be admitted to the emergency room before, there's a part of you that's like I don't want anything. I want to be healthy. I, you know, I I, I don't want to be uh-huh. sick. And then there's another part of you that's just like they better find something wrong. Yeah. I'm not going through yeah. all this trouble. I'm not going to pay this big old expense, and then them say, "Oh, it's just acid reflux. It's just you know." You're- well, that's like when that's like when your car is having problems, and then once you get to the mechanic, it stops showing those problems. You're like, <laughs> "Come on, dude! I know there's something wrong." Yeah, that's like I've had that. I've had that where I go to the doctor. I went to the doctor, and I was like, "I think something's going on with my head." And I go, "I think I should get a CAT scan." He's like, "You don't need a CAT scan." I go, "Dude, I need a CAT scan." He ordered a CAT scan. There was nothing. I just was I just was being hypochondriac. I mean, there's a million things that can cause a million things. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the problem. It's not an exact science. These guys are making it up as they go. And so you're in with it, with them, and you're if you're a hypochondriac, you're done. Oh, man. I hear you, man. You're just preaching to the choir right now with the sleep and the getting up and the wife telling you, get up and this and that. I mean, my wife gets up a lot of the time with the kids, but that sleep turns everyone into just very uh, uh, short-fused oh, human beings. Yeah. As soon as something happens, you're, she's looking at you. Are you going to do something about that? You're like, oh, God, yeah. It's so funny because Monday I was buying gifts for everybody. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, oh, I love everybody, and there's magic in this season, and I want to make sure that my family knows how much I love them. I, I mean, just ran all over town, right? And then just a day later, I'm like, who are you sons of bitches? I hate all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm getting a divorce. I'm gonna move to. I'm gonna move to. I'm gonna move to. Move to Rio. I'm gonna move to Brazil, where they understand me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the life of a father is a very bipolar life. You know, because you just. You know what it is too. Here's part of what it is. I think that the life of family in general, because we've got it. Look, we've got it as sons, and we know what it's like to be a son in a family, and. Uh, you know, everyone in your family's got their own opinion. Everyone's got their own idea how things should how things should be done. Then, when you have your own family, especially when they're young, now you have to be present for everything that they're going through. So, if your little guy is sick, you, it's not like oh, he's a you know thirty year old man, and you go oh, I hope you get better. You want me to bring, if you need me to bring some soup, I can swing by and drop some soup off which is the extent of your involvement when they're older, right. of when they're sick. But when they're little babies, now you got to get involved. Like we went yesterday to a dentist appointment for the kids. It was Mila's first dental appointment, and it was Dara's second dental appointment. And uh, knock on wood, everything went well. It was basically they check and they do a cleaning and all this stuff. And, but it took about an hour for Dara and almost an hour for Mila. And as I'm sitting there, it, when it first started, and we, we all went, my wife, me, and the kids. And when it first started, I was like, wow, you know what? I'm really happy I came to this. I'm experiencing, <laughs> excuse me. I'm not getting choked up. I just have a little bit of phlegm. Um, 
I'm experiencing their first. No, I'm experiencing Mila's first dental appointment. I'd already, I, I had already experienced Dara's, but here I'm experiencing Mila's first dental appointment. And it's kind of funny watching them go through. I was like, oh, you know, I'm happy I did this as I'm sitting there. Now, I'm sitting there with my cell phone internet addiction that we all have. Mm-hmm. We can't sit still. And I've got it in my back pocket as the, the, the hygienist or whatever starts going through their teeth. Starts with Dara and she's cleaning and clinging and clanging and, you know, tricking him, going, look, this is just going to tickle. And again, at first I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then like about two minutes in, I'm like, okay, uh, I've seen enough. I can now start checking my emails. But I'm like, I cannot pull out my phone and start checking emails. First of all, they had horrible reception. I don't know why that is. It was high up in the Cedar sinai building. Some places, I don't get it. I have no idea. what. The, maybe they just don't want you checking your phone. Something was up. Secondly, my wife's there. There's no way in hell I would... If, she, if I brought that out and started checking my emails, she would give me you know, the look of death. You could pretend like, that you were you taking kidding? pictures. Yeah, well, I did bring it out to take pictures <laughs> like a couple times, and it felt so good. I was like, oh, hi, phone. Hi, phone. But... It's, but it's, uh, but here's what I was getting at was that it hit me at a certain point. First of all, this is a different topic, but but it hit me that these phones, I hate them. It's like they're, they're, my mind, my brain is turning into mush because of phones. That's number one. Number two, it hit me that, oh my God, we have to sit here through the two hours of their dental appointment. And I realized when they're young, you basically have to, you're experiencing someone else's experience all the time. Like you have to, you have to start um, allotting time for their stuff. Yeah. So you're going through everything with them. And, and it's this, uh, and like, like you were saying, it could be, it's, it's magical. It can be magical for a minute or two or for a little bit. But it also can be, you know, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be opinions. There's going to be everyone's got their own mood. What are the chances that four people will have a great mood at the same Absolutely. time? Absolutely. And the thing, it's, it's so funny. It's just like, oh, this is the first dental appointment. But then you realize you, you are the chaperone for all. It, it's, it'll be like hanging out with somebody while they're staying in line at the post office. Yeah. <laughs> this is just what yeah. they have to get through in their day. And, and also not knowing what their what their mood's gonna be. Oh yeah, you might. You're not the only one who's bored. Right, they're bored too. Right. So they're gonna be sitting there going like, "What the hell are we doing? Well, we're here for you. Well, I don't want to be here. Well, you have to be here. Well, I I didn't make the choice. I no. And then the next thing you're arguing. Right. And then you got you throw in a third person and a fourth person. So this is gonna be. This, this, this is going to be a lot. Like, I don't understand how people have like eight kids. What the hell are you thinking? Eight kids? You know how many moods you're dealing with? You, got, you need like a full-time psychiatrist. You need a full-time security guard at all times to, to tone down the guy who's always getting a little crazy. I mean, what the hell? I can't even, I think about, you know, when Max would play sports and he's the only one, right? The baby obviously isn't playing. His his extracurricular activities are hanging out at his brother's. Yeah. Um, but for me to get up 
and go to the game or sometimes run the board or whatever it is that they would have me do. Or it's your turn. You're weak. you got to bring snacks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then talking to some of these other folks, these parents who's like, all right, well, we got another game this afternoon and -and so-and-so's got their game. Like juggling just all those different schedules, all those different interests. Like I'm, I'm exhausted just thinking about it on their behalf. It's full time, and that's why I'm going to hire a driver, and I'm also going to hire someone to go watch the game, <laughs> and I'm going to just have them send pictures and report. <laughs> well, well done, son. I heard you had a great game today. <laughs> no, I agree, man. It's crazy. I mean, look, part of it is fun, too. I mean, like, I took them, I take them swimming the past, like, uh, whenever I'm in town, I try to do this. So I've, I'm trying to get Mila to learn to swim, because the other, my son swims, my nephew swims. Really, I just wanted to get the swimming down. So take them to swimming class, uh, 11 a.m., and then from there we go into Larchmont, which is a nice area, and go get brunch. And it's kind of fun. You know, there's this really good bagel place. It takes, my God, it takes them an hour to eat a bagel. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. One of the, my son and my nephew both have teeth missing, which is just, come on. They take huge bites, and they're chewing on the side, and I'm like, we're going to choke. And this is all part of this is all part of our fun <laughs> Sunday brunch. And Mila is just she'll take a bite and then she'll get up, she'll start dancing, walking around. So it's kind of funny because I'm there and I'm 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 ha- trying to have fun, but also trying to monitor and make sure nobody chokes. And then my sisters joined us the past couple of times, and which is nice because then she comes in and can like just spoil them and have fun, and I can kind of act as the monitor. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, but look, there's there's fun to all this. You can make it fun, but also throughout that fun, like like I said, in that period of three or four hours of taking them from one thing to the next to the next to the next, you're gonna run into their meltdown. You're gonna run into their doing like the other day we bought a box of uh, one of these things of fruit where the guy cuts up the fruit and gives it to you right there. So we're eating the fruit. I'm holding the fruit. They're eating the fruit. And then at one point, my son just like does a goofy move with his arms and knocks the fruit down. Mm. And obviously, my first thing is I'm like, Dara, like that's my first instinct. And my sister's like, calm down. And I'm not that, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a temper or anything. But quickly I realized, I was like, whatever, it's just fruit, you know. And, and I think the reason I, I got upset was because he just, he just was goofy about it. But it's like, you know, when that happens, there's a lot of things that are, you're going to get upset for a second because something just was spilled out of your hands. You know, he's going to get upset because you got upset at him. You know, it's all kind of a, but that's throughout the, the day. Oh. So it, it's just part of it. It's so funny, too, because it's like I, you think your kid is special, that your kid is smarter, more sensitive, more in tune, more mature. Um, but then I'll realize like throughout the day I get mad at grownups for the exact same things that I get mad at, you know, my eight-year-old, almost nine. You know what I mean? It's like, well, if I can't count on these 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds to get it, then how am I supposed to count on a child? And that helps. <laughs> it oh, didn't help my temper. All you got to do is like go to like a place that has bad service, and then you're just like, what the hell is wrong with these people? Right. Like, how are these people even, who hired this person? And then you turn to your kid, and you're like, you know what? It's okay. You can't make a circle. It's fine. <laughs> I'm going to let you, I'm going to forgive you for that. Yeah. All right, let's take a break and we'll come back and complain some more about being dads. (laughs) Minivan men.
Yo, this is Chris Spencer. I know you guys are listening to us. You're laughing and you're, you're telling everybody about us, but we need you to rate it. So when you go on iTunes, rate us. Go down to where it says comments and say, hey, I think you're groovy. Hey, we're back with the minivan men. Maz Jobrani here uh, with Aaron Arianpour. Aaron, you got any gigs coming up in the near future? Well, every year we do a... a in Dallas, there's a, um, a New Year's Eve show. Doubletree Hotel, Backdoor Comedy Club is inside the hotel. Um, so every year I look forward to that. Um, it's just a, a way to, you know, drop the kids off with, uh, with like, you know, Nana and Grandpa and actually go out and be grown-ups. You know, for a nice. while. And your wife comes with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And she'd come to the show and she's like, you know, and you know, when I first started, um, you know, she'd come out to a, a lot of shows. I mean, it was like kind of our social life. And then, you know, <laughs> after a you while. You were a rock star, buddy. Oh, she oh, kind of liked seeing you on stage. At the lamest venues. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but now, but no, but like she liked probably you being on that stage yeah. at first was somewhat an aphrodisiac. It's like, oh, wow, this guy's charismatic. He's on stage, yada, yada. Now she's like, get your ass off stage. You're coming straight and home, right? Warm up that yeah, milk. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so the thing is, it's like she knows that I go out and that I perform all the time, right? But she doesn't come out to see. And so this is one or two times a year. And she's like, oh, some new jokes. I haven't seen you. Oh, that was good. You yeah. Know, it's just, yeah. Uh, it's just, and, but just also to have a, a, a place to hang out on New Year's Eve where you can drink and not worry about driving home. Nice. So, so if people wanted to go to that in the Dallas area, they can find it. How? Oh yeah, you know if you if anybody lives in the Dallas area, check out Backdoor Comedy Club. Like I think it's backdoorcomedy.com. Um, and they'll have all the information for the the venue and the show. And then you know they always have the fun shows there with uh, just on just a weekly schedule. It's a nice place to hang. It's where all the local guys go up. Like if they're not working the Improv um, or any of the other clubs in the area. We go there, and you know you can see like ten, twelve comics. So it's a good place if you guys want New Year's Eve. You go check them out, and you can check Aaron out at at, at Aaron Comedian as right. well on Twitter, right? Right, right, and and on Facebook too. And I'm at Mazjobrani, Facebook.com slash Mazjobrani. So let me ask you a question, Aaron. This is what I was thinking the other day, and and uh, just the other night actually. And um, I think that as a society, our brains are turning into mush because of cell phones, and I'll tell you why. I don't know if you're the same. I think a lot of people are. When I'm on my cell phone, I'm constantly checking Twitter, Facebook, emails, little things, cling, clang, gloom, maybe CNN.com, maybe some other, like Huffington Post or something. But the point is, I'm reading, throughout the day, I'm reading constant short messages. Uh, you know, tweets are 140 characters or less, um, you know, the articles are just quick little articles, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like, when was the last time, I mean, I just, I just read a book. I, I read the Artie Lang book, which was actually a very interesting book. But um, when was the last time, like, you read a book that had a concept that challenged your mind, that taught, that you, are people even doing that anymore? Are people learning? Or is everyone just going around reading comments on Facebook? I used to read so much. In fact, I still have like just a house full of books. But I honestly, I mean, I, I'll bring a book with me like on the plane, you know, 
Yeah. Uh, but now they've got it to <laughs> this is so lame. Now they've got it to where you can um, get on your phone uh, nonstop from gate to gate. Or like on the new American Airlines, they've got the, the new screens and the headrest. And so you can sit there and plug in and play your dopey games for free. Uh, check the news, get on the internet, like all of that. And I was like, Ugh, you know, the one last place where I could read. I, I'm I'm yeah, I'm I, back on a device. I wonder. I mean, because obviously people have like the Kindle, and there's people, there are people still reading. But I just wonder, as a society, like I think the people that like obviously some people just are readers. They read. Um, my son now, who is five years old is knock on wood he's kind of hooked on reading he's always reading uh i mean he's indian so that kind of says go, something yeah. there but um but you know little kids probably are into it but they also love their video games i just feel like just last night i came back from the comedy store i went up there for you know a quick set and i came back and i was like i feel like i have no ideas like where are my ideas because i felt like i have not been reading anything you know you usually you read something that inspires an idea and you go oh yeah that's a cool thing i should talk about that but i feel like i haven't been reading anything except for you know putting a post on facebook and seeing what a bunch of people a bunch of schlubs want to comment about it that's it i uh, i got the um the steve jobs book the the biography that came out right around the time he died how's that and <laughs> it was only a couple pages in and then I was like, oh, I think I know how this worked out. Um, Hilarious. And then, you know, and then the Ashton Kutcher movie comes out and everyone says it's awful. And I was like, all right, well, then I, I guess I don't need to read the book. I mean, I still have the book. I'm still interested in it. But when wow. you're talking about an idea that really challenges you, there was a book that I read, I think, in college. And uh, what's really funny, too, is like I, I grew up loving to read. But the moment I had to read for school, you couldn't make me. I yeah. got burned so bad where... Um, I think it was like uh, seventh grade and we had to read like Swiss Family Robinson or something. And apparently, I didn't know this, the edition I had was not the same edition that everybody else had. So what? it was like, like there's like the Swiss Family Robinson and then there was like the condensed version that we were supposed to be reading. And oh so, you know, they're telling us we had to read through, you know, chapters, you know, six through eight, you know, by the next day. And I'd be up till all hours going, there's no way I can read all of this. Don't they give you the book no, in nah, high school? Nah, no, and, and And it was That's what you get for going to a ghetto school, bro. <laughs> this wasn't a ghetto school. This was this is a nice school. But, um, but I got, I, I was just like, you know what? I don't want to do it anymore. And then some of the ideas that would be thrown you out You weren't there. reading the family, you were reading a family, yeah, Robinson. Exactly. I was reading Jesus. like the Swiss phone book or something it was right. just ridiculous but then oh no but then what's funny is that you know i was i'd be assigned all these books through high school or whatever and i could i could talk my way around them you know oh yeah 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 sitting course. in class i i would write the most amazing papers you yeah. know with minimal reading but then i don't know if it was guilt or whatever but i'd graduate and i was like you know what uh that that book sounded kind of cool let me go check that out and i would read it on my own for just for some yeah. reason just having somebody tell me i needed to uh you know just, uh, pissed me off i don't know what it was but there was one book i read where when you describe it it sounds ridiculous um but it, it's called ishmael 
and the author's name is I think it's Daniel Daniel Quinn. Is that the one that they did, did the movie of, and it didn't do well? No, I don't I don't think so. But it's it's a guy who really wants to change the world, and he visits a now this is where you lose people uh, a telepathic gorilla. Mm. And the gorilla's really in tune with nature, and through this dialogue, it's 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 just telepathy this guy and this gorilla are talking and all of these really, really amazing ideas um, are presented. And because of the dialogue and the questions and the answers, you feel like the answers are kind of coming from you. And through this book, and I know it sounds ridiculous when you say, you know, talking gorilla, but through this book, I mean, there are ideas in there that challenge, you know, uh, humanity's view of itself in the universe uh, where where the stories that started the Bible came from. You know, you read the books in this series and it's just like, oh my God, tribal, you know, experiences led to this, evolution led to that. And, you know, it, it really kind of blows your mind open. And like when I'd have cousins that would graduate, I was like, here, you got to read this book. I'd keep extra copies for it. And then um, I guess it was, I don't know, a couple years ago, I don't know if you remember this story about a guy who ran into the uh, the Discovery Channel building and and, who, and and shot it all up oh no i don't remember that well <laughs> apparently he uh was also inspired by this same book the same author oh no oh no you know because of and he, and the thing is he was super critical of the dis the what did i say discovery? discovery discovery channel um for all the reasons that you would be you know, like it used to be you could tune into the history channel the learning channel discovery channel to actually learn something you know what I mean? Like maybe they do something about the universe or something about. So wait, this whatever. guy got pissed at Discovery, so he rather than writing a letter, he just went in and shot. He apparently everybody. did, but he he was like trying to hold him hostage at gunpoint or something like that because he was so pissed at the reality programming that they. Oh my! It's like you God. Discovery should be more. Uh, that was his thinking, not mine, and not the author's. It was his thinking that you know Discovery Channel should be more about. Uh, the planet and trying to figure out ways to scientifically improve our lives and improve the world and not be showing cake boss and honey boo boo yeah. and all that. crap. He was right. And you can't argue with that, but you may argue with his, his tactics. But so, so here's the thing. You recommend this book Ishmael with a little side. With the caveat uh, that you do caveat. not own any firearms. Yeah. Please don't shoot anybody. But yeah, I mean that was that. It's funny because that'd be a book that uh, I, I read a lot, you know, novels, but also a lot of um, books about. Uh, and it's kind of lame. I wouldn't call them self help books, but about creative pursuits. You know, when you're when you're trying to do something, um, and I'm trying to learn how to write a script, or I'm trying to learn how to improve, you know. Uh, my chances at auditions or whatever. There's a lot of that kind of reading, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But no, I think I'm going to read. I'm going to read some philosophical stuff for a minute because I I've been reading a lot of biographies. I love biographies. Like I said, the I recommend this. You guys, you should read the Artie Lang book. It's very interesting. Um, right now, uh, Aaron just recommended Ishmael without guns. Right. Um, and I think I'm going. I'm just going to look for a couple other things to just kind of get the mind going. A you little need bit. it. Even some. You need it. You need it. You need it. But stay. You know what? Put the phone down. But the, here's a, here's a thing we're gonna do. Whoever's listening to this episode, here's here, let's start let's start slowly. You know, this is like this is like trying to quit heroin. It's gonna take a minute. We have to all admit that we have a problem. We all have a problem. That phone 
somehow the contours, the weight, the buttons, the, all that, somehow it works for you to just always go to it. So let's admit we've got this problem. Here, This is what I did yesterday. It was kind of good. There's a charger in my car that's in the glove compartment. So whether you have a charger or not, you're going to take your phone. People tell me you're going to do this. Take your phone, put it in the glove compartment while you drive. Now, here's the thing. If you have Bluetooth and you get a call, the <laughs> steering wheel usually has a way for you to answer that call. But if you don't get a call, if you hear the ding for a text or you hear a ding or whatever, you ignore that. Just keep driving until you get out and then you can look at it and then you can do what you need to do. But let's quit in the car. Let's start with that. Can we start with that? Let's quit in the car. Okay? Say it with me. Quit in the car. I'll say Aaron, it with you. I'm going to yeah. quit in the car. Yeah, that, was your, that, that was your cue. I got it. I got it. I quit hey, in the car. Say it with me. Quit, quit in, in the, the car. car. Thank you very much. Let's just start with that. And then each week we're going to check in with the folks and see if we can just slowly but surely get less phone time and more book time. Huh? I, uh, I love the idea of the biographies, though, because uh, I've read a lot of those, too. Uh, and, and I guess one of the reasons, is I, especially in, in this business, is that you kind of want to see if there's a blueprint somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what did they do? It's very interesting. Like uh, a lot of comedy biographies, like um, uh, Gene Wilder had a great one. Bob Newhart had a great one. Uh, but like the, you know, the more recent guys too, like Artie. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Jim Norton and all that. But uh, uh, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of comedy. So I was like, I was reading the, the Groucho Marx and the Jack Benny, you know, biographies and it really is fascinating. Just a lot of, you know, things that you do recognize, but also things that are just so foreign, you know. I also think all that stuff, reading biographies helps anyone who's on a journey of any sort to go, hey, you know what? This is a ride. This is a long journey, you know, whether it's entrepreneurial stuff or whether it's, you know, you're, you're going through whatever medical school, whatever it is, you realize other people have gone through. So you realize, for example, um, you know, uh, let's say Richard Pryor wasn't Richard Pryor right off the bat. You know, he was raised in a brothel. I mean, you know, he comes from these places. So it, I think it helps uh, inspire you in whatever you're doing as well. Yeah, and right? they're also just fat. Yeah. I read, I read a, a Johnny Cash biography. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I think it was the autobiography. And what's really funny is that I read it after I watched the, you know, Walk the Line movie. Yeah. And you realize... You know, movies are great, and you know if you can if you can learn about Johnny Cash in you know two hours, and you like the music, and you like Joaquin Phoenix, and you know whatever, and wins Oscars. But when you read the book, and I know it's like that between any book and movie, it's just like, how did they not put that story in? Holy crap! Yeah, you know, because because yeah, it, it, yeah. it didn't serve the arc of a film. You yeah, know, yeah. The, here's the story goes from here to here. But then, like, there's the story where, like, Johnny Cash lives in uh, Jamaica. And, uh, you know, he's got a house down there. And, and his family is, um, is like, robbed at gunpoint. Like, like, like Whoa. people, like, break into his house on Christmas. And, you know, there's a standoff with, with the police. Like, holy crap, how is this episode not in a movie? So you're saying I should read the Johnny Cash oh, book hell as yeah. well? Oh, hell yeah. If you're really so into... I'm going to read Ishmael and Johnny Cash. Yeah, or just try to split the difference and find a book about a country singing gorilla. There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, guys. Um, that's uh, that's going to be the episode uh, this week. We didn't talk much about Christmas, uh, but whatever. We've been, I think we've, we've been talking about a lot. Christmas for the last few episodes, though. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's been covered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's it. I'm Maz Jobrani. This is uh, Aaron Arian Poor out of Dallas, yeah. and uh, uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Happy holidays. Don't take things so uh, don't take things so seriously. You know, like let your kids have fun. <laughs> Let your kids have fun. Relax. If they spill the fruit, just go with it. Worst things have happened. And uh, if you're upset about Discovery Channel, go uh, complain, but without a Write gun. a letter. Write a letter. A non-threatening Mini letter. Minivan men. Minivan men. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. All right, folks, thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch or find out more, you can go to minivanmen.com or contact us through our websites, mazjobrani.com and almadrigal.com. We hope to hear from you. Thanks. Thanks.